Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Welcome back to Speed Street. Hope you had a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Saw some fireworks. We definitely saw some fireworks both in the sky and on the racetrack uh, for all sorts of motorsport this weekend. IndyCar, Formula One, NASCAR Xfinity. Some exciting fireworks for Ty Gibbs and the three chief team. Uh, RCR racing there uh, for NASCAR and the Cup Series. Uh, it was everywhere, man. I mean, I hate to be the guy, the local news guy that drops the fireworks on the racetrack and off the racetrack Fourth of July weekend, but it definitely lived up to what we were celebrating this weekend, what we see so often on Independence Day weekend. And uh, man, we're just excited to talk about it. So thanks for being with us, Joey Molinaro, along with Connor Daly, of course. CD, what's up, my man? How are you? What are you thinking after a crazy weekend? Well, you did happen to nail the 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 name of. The Xfinity winner, Ty Gibbs, but it was Tyler Reddick in the 3G car who won the cup. Oh, race. damn. But that's all right. We got two winners there. So that we're, we're, we're new to this. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're open wheel guys. But yes, a lot, of stuff, lot, lot of stuff going on. No, it's good. And um, yeah, I mean, motor racing, it was a big weekend. So a lot of, uh, a lot of great American uh, celebrations. Uh, I know I saw you at the track, Joey. Did you have a great time in Mid Ohio over the weekend? I always have a great time in Mid Ohio. I think that might be why I said Ty Gibbs instead of Ty Reddick when it comes to the uh, Cup Series because my brain's still a little scrambled for uh, you know a four day bender that we had out there at uh, the woods of Mid Ohio. So I had a great time. I uh, thought the race was entertaining. Obviously, <laughs> we had a but buttload of stuff that went into it that that happened uh, over the weekend that we're going to get into. But yeah, I mean, this isn't just going to be centric on IndyCar this week because so much happened in the world of motorsport. Um, but I had a great time. How was your Mid-Ohio, bro? You you finished plus nine uh, from where you qualified. You passed a lot of cars. What was your kind of race report for the 20 ride? Well, I mean, honestly, uh, the driver uh, the driver screwed up in qualifying, so, uh, so that was my fault. Uh, but we also got a bit of traffic as well. Everything just has to be perfect and, and um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to admit, uh, you know, whenever I, I mess something up. So yeah, we, we, we were a little bit ambitious on a, on a couple things, I think. Um, but, uh, Renus was quite quick, which is good. My teammate and, uh, and yeah, I just made a mistake. So, you know, we had a lot of work in front of us in the race, but we were, I mean, we were, the car was great. The car was fast. Um, it, it was a real shame how the strategy played out with the yellows, uh, because, Two of the guys, you know, several of the guys that we passed right at right at the beginning, you know, ended up finishing in front of us, you know, through a through a different strategy. So 
Um, sometimes, you know, guys at the back, they'll, they'll take a gamble on things, you know, at the first yellow, they'll, they'll, they'll pit early. Uh, you know, they went from, you know, it's usually just a two stop race at mid Ohio, uh, and Will Power and Graham Ray Hall, uh, Christian Lungard, those guys turned it into a three stopper and, and made it work. Um, and, and, and that's tough because I feel like, you know, we, we worked so hard and passed so many cars, like at the beginning of the race, it's like, all right, we're setting ourselves up, uh, you know, took advantage of some other people's, um, you know, accidents as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know what, it, it was still a strong, you know, strong climb forward for us and a decent day finished ahead of a few of the guys that were around us in, in points as well. Um, and so we're still kind of right there, like right on the edge of the top 10 in points, which is kind of good for us. So there was a lot, I felt really strong, competitive uh, during the race. And, um, I think we should have been, you know, should have been in the top 10, but, uh, it's when you qualify in the back, it's definitely, it's a tough deal. So Will Power had no issues doing it. Uh, he was, he had an incredible race and, and sometimes that's what happens when you, when you have a, an issue like that at the beginning, he spins on the first lap, then you just kind of roll the dice. You, uh, that could have either gone horribly for him or extremely successful. And it worked out wildly well for him. And he was fast all weekend anyway. You know, I talked, I talked to him after qualifying Saturday, he was furious about it. Uh, we started on the same row. And, um, you know, his car has been fast all weekend long. So he, he took advantage of it. And honestly, like, it was a great race. There were people hitting each other. We had we had good side-by-side racing, a lot of conflict, a lot of battles, a lot of um, just action, it seemed like. So, you know, another good, solid race, I think, for, uh, for us as a series. And Scott McLaughlin, again, winning. I mean, that's great. He's been, he's been so good all year. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I just thought it was a great race and there was a lot to be like, you know, there was a lot to look at afterwards. Like, Oh wow, that was wild. You know, Andretti, everyone is about to hit each other. There's a big inner team battle. Uh, Alexander Rossi hit everyone. Um, and people seem to love that. <laughs> yeah. So what are your, I mean, we, we saw everything that went down is really a race that was dominated by the dramatics and the inner team fighting that we saw um, and we heard on the radio with Andretti, between Grosjean, between Rossi. Um, what, what, what are you, what are your thoughts about it? I mean, have you talked to those guys? What's kind of the inner workings going on right now in Andretti? <laughs> well, it was interesting. I actually had to walk into the Andretti engineering office after the race to get my, uh, my whoop charger for my wristband. It's my heart rate monitor. I lent it to Alexander Rossi, who then lent it to Devlin DeFrancesco and there wasn't many communications with Alex was not in there when I got in there. And so I just had to be like, Hey guys, sorry to, sorry to jump in here. I just need to grab my charger real quick. Just the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah, There's almost a war that's breaking out and I'm just like, you know, big deal guys got to get in here. Great to see everyone miss you all. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of funny, but yeah, I, I saw Alex the next day. I, I went down to Nashville on Monday for the fourth and, uh, and Alex was down there. And I mean, Alex is one of those guys who, you know, he, he's, he's a, um, how do you say this? Uh, just doesn't really care what you think type of guy. You know what I mean? So he also does a really good job of like separating from being, you know, in the car to out of the car, you know, like he's not going to dwell on something. Exactly. Yeah. And in general, I do think the driving standards for several different people have not been great over the last few races. You know, we've talked about how I feel about Simon and how, how we feel about Elio and and other things. You know, Devlin DeFrancesco hitting some people and other other people that that have that have made contact. 
Um, and, 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 I, and, I, and I think the same thing is happening because there's, there's not a lot of penalties handed out. Obviously, it's very much like, um, you know, kind of a no rules type situation unless you really do something aggressively awful. And, you know, I did hear there were some drive throughs issued in, in, in mid Ohio, which I think is good because we do have to establish that. What are the driving standards, right? Like what, 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 what is going to be a penalty and what's not. Um, and it, it, it is tough to pass in this series currently, but it's not impossible. So I think right now we just see how competitive this, this, our sport is like, it's, it's so tough to pass. You got to battle it out tooth and nail but it is possible to race each other side by side. It is like I, I, I did it. You know, we did it this weekend. You know, I got to I, everyone I raced this weekend was actually was great to race with. You know, Grosjean for me, Grosjean, you know, we had we had a great battle and I didn't really know how that was going to go. Um, and, you know, other guys as well, you know, were was able to race them clean and fair. And, and it was a good, you know, good show. So. I, I love the fact, though, that people got angry. Like, I love the fact that Roman said he was going to punch Alex. Right? Like, that's it's it's what we've been what, it's what we've been waiting for. Like, I had several I had several people tweet at me saying, like, "Oh, Connor must be loving this." I was like, "Yep, absolutely." I was like, "This is exactly what we need." Called him an idiot twice in the post race interview. What was that? He called him an idiot twice in the post race interview. Exactly. Like that. That is that is exactly what IndyCar needs. And I, I love it. Um, it. It just, it shows the emotion that we truly feel as drivers. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I, I love to see it. I, I, now Alex, I've not seen Alex drive like that in a long time. I've not seen him make that type of contact before it. That was kind of a new Alex. Like Alex has always been a really good racer and, um, and you know, he's, he's been on a really good run lately of races for sure. Um, but yeah, that was different, but sometimes, you know, these things happen. Sometimes it's, it's, it's close. It's the, the battles are tight. Um, and, and that's just what'll happen. So I, I loved it. I love that there was a, you know, a lot of, a lot of heat, a lot of anger. Uh, it is wild that was, it was all within one team though, as well. Cause you saw Grosjean apologize to Colton, um, you know, Alex with Grosjean, Alex with Devlin, uh, it was really the whole team. So you know, my, Michael as well, I, the, the first text I got from Alex Rossi after the race when I was asking for my charger is, hey, in other news, I've never seen Michael this mad in my life. And so my, Michael's clearly, you know, clearly wanting to get his guys on the same page, right? Because if they're all hitting each other, the same guy has to pay that bill to fix the car. You know what I mean? And so it's, uh, you know, and that, that's the team boss. So it, it was a wild situation, um, and 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 I was I was glad to see it. I thought it, I thought it was a great, just a, a great emotion filled show, and we need more of that as we keep going. So yeah, what I was wondering about too is when you have these inner team battles, and you have a lot of people pissed off inside their own team. You know, what is that like? Because you think of like you think of it in basketball and football, you know, baseball, you have kind of players only meetings, right. Or if things are going real bad, you're kind of trying to hash it out yourselves. Like for, for a, a, a racing team as a driver yourself, what's that like when there's tempers rising, flaring, when there's people pissed off at each other inside the team amongst those drivers? Well, I would say, I would say it's awkward only because you all have to sit in the same meetings together, right? You're all in the same room. Uh, especially right after the race, you go right into the meeting room and there's your, there's your guy that you, that you might've had something go on with. And with Andretti, there's, you know, five of them. 
well, seven, I mean, who knows? There's, well, if you count the shank guys too, that's, that's six at least. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of team guys there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've had a couple moments with Renus as we've been teammates over the last couple of years where I, I questioned, you know, a few things that he's done, but we've never hit each other. Right. Like there's never been an issue where like we've gotten in an accident together and, and, the, and the team always makes sure that like, Hey, you know, we, we gotta be, we gotta respect each other, respect our teammates. Um, and, you know, we'll have the same meeting when all three of us are racing, you know, at Iowa and Gateway, it'll be out there. The boss will be out there. We respect each other as teammates, but you also want to beat everyone as well. And so, you know, in that team as well, Andretti's obviously a powerhouse organization. So all those guys are, are, are wanting to be successful for that team. And, um, it, it can definitely be awkward as you, as you move on, because you got to think well, those guys next weekend will be right in the same meeting room. Or, you know, maybe some people don't show up to those meetings anymore. Who knows? Like, normally those meetings are mandatory, but maybe, maybe there's a protest going on. Maybe there's, maybe one of the drivers is like, nope, I'm not going to go to that meeting because I'm upset with so-and-so. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's, that could be a, a penalty for the whole team. It could be a penalty just for that driver, not like an actual penalty, but like, you know, one of like, just a shame for them or, or a missing out on opportunity or information um, for those guys, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be curious to see how that, you know, how that continues. I, I, I like it. Um, but inner team drama stuff. I can't really remember anything in specific when I've been involved with a team where, uh, where, where, where we've hit each other. I don't know if I've ever hit a teammate. Um, I don't think I have, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I won't ever. <laughs> Earlier this year, we saw Roman, you know, getting into it with Graham Rahal, and there was a lot of sparks flying there. Now, obviously not on the same team, but this isn't the first time this year that we've seen Roman Grosjean involved in some incidents. Now you come back on Sunday at Mid-Ohio. Yes, it is his teammate. He's wondering what the hell is going on. But I, I as a fan, was kind of looking at it like, man, you're, you're talking a lot of big game for somebody who this isn't the first time you've been in some incidents, my man. Yeah, I mean it's interesting for sure. I, I think I think Roman has definitely been guilty of some things for sure over the last two last season and a half, right? Uh, you know, Portland, uh, you know, Laguna Seca jumping into Jimmy Johnson and stuff like that. But you know, in Mid Ohio, from from what I saw, like he raced me super clean. Uh, and then Alex, like I mean, to be fair, Alex drove him off the track. <laughs> like Alex is my friend, and I was just with him in Nashville, but like he did drive him off the track, so. I, I, I understand the, uh, you know, how, why he would be upset. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's, there's no way around it. So that that's, it's going to be interesting to see how that continues. You know, do they, do they make up? Is, are, is everyone okay? Is there a, you know, is there a mandatory barbecue for the team? I don't know. Is there a, you know, is there, a, is there a, a team dinner at Applebee's? I don't know. Like what's, you know, what's happening? How are we going to fix it? Um, or I, I'm just curious to see. Yeah, I guess it's probably for them a good thing that you guys have this weekend off. Maybe for them they can kind of let things cool down a little bit, get away from the racetrack and not have to be jumping right back in there with Grosjean having revenge on his mind and Rossi being Rossi. I don't know. We'll see. It's um, <laughs> If they go to Applebee's, maybe that maybe that's Michael's punishment. You know, he can afford – he can afford something really, really super nice, but he's like, you know what, you sons of bitches, you're going to Applebee's, you're getting the two for twenty appetizer deal or whatever, and we're going to sit down as a family and we're going to hash this out. All four drivers and, and the owners are going to share a sampler platter and see you know see who's victorious at the end. That's about it. 
If you don't get to the wings first, you don't get them. <laughs> what, what do you think is going through Michael's head, though? I mean, he's got, you know, this whole season for the last year or so, you've, you've had the Andretti F1 talk and rumors and how F1's like, eh, we don't really want you over here kind of deal. And then now, is this a double effect for him where he's like, man, we're screwing up in IndyCar to where we're not produce, producing the results and we got interfighting. And then also, this looks like shit to the F1 people. You know, what's actually really interesting is, is, is Michael's a competitor, right? So he, he, you know, he was a racer, very successful. And so in the end, he wants his team to be most successful. And I think, you know, he understands the fire, you know, fire underneath his, his drivers, but, um, but it's also a personal thing for him because that that's his name on the side of their cars, right? He's it's Andretti Autosport. Um, So if he has a bunch of guys hitting each other and they're all under the, you know, Andretti Autosport banner, that's tough. And you know what's actually really interesting? Having talking about talking about Michael, I actually do remember when I had a, a bit of a teammate conflict, and it was when I drove for Andretti in 2019 at Laguna Seca. Michael was calling my race; he was in my ear, and I was told Marco Andretti was saving fuel, and I was trying to pass Marco, and and I thought Marco was could have left me a little bit more room, and. Me, literally, I could have hit Marco. I could have gone into him and hit him. But knowing there was like a, 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 a moment in my mind where I was like, well, that's Marco. And, my, and his dad is on my radio. <laughs> and if I happen to rub Marco out of the way, that's probably not going to work out well for me. And so I had to spin myself, essentially. And, and that ruined my day right there. Like, I, I, I spun to avoid hitting my teammate. And looking back at it, like I probably should have just gone in and did a little, little fender bang and, and move on. But, I, you know, but that is something that I thought about for sure. Uh, and, you know, even when I sit on the radio, I'll never forget this. I sit on the radio. I was like, man, I thought I thought I I thought I would have had a little bit more room there for Marco. And I think Michael said, yeah, no, you had enough room. It was fine. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. But so it's, you know, it's, it's a hey, father, son talk. I get it. I, 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 and that's his, you know, that's his team. So I, 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 um, I, I knew that racing a teammate and, and hitting a teammate probably would not have been successful. So I essentially sacrificed myself for that, for that opportunity, but it's, it, it's, it's Michael's name on the door. He, he wants his team to be, you know, to represent for all their partners. They've got an incredible you know, an incredible team there. I, I love, I love the guys at Andretti Autosport. They're a great group of people. I really, really enjoyed driving for them and they've got a ton of people to represent for. So if, if they're throwing wheels at people and, and, and banging doors and fenders and not fenders that Indy cars have, then, uh, you know, then he's going to be upset about it. Yeah. A lot to be upset about on Sunday. That's for sure. It was uh, not the greatest day for Andretti Autosport in mid Ohio, but it was a great day for, our pal Scotty McLaughlin, a lot of uh, Kiwi handshakes going on on Sunday night, I'm sure, as he was celebrating. I did enjoy his somersault that he did. Uh, his, he redeemed himself from the St. Pete victory where he fell off the uh, fell off the ride because of excitement or exhaustion or whatever it was, but he did a nice little hop and then did the somersault in, and he nailed it. It was good. So Scotty McLaughlin gets the win there. Another podium for below. Will Power just – driving like a madman like you said i mean if he's starting in the back you better just watch you better be watching your <laughs> watching your rears man because will power is coming yeah and look at marcus erickson still leading the championship i mean 
it's something that Indy, the Indy 500 is such an anchor to your year, right? Like when you win that race and that's double points, it's such a massive anchor. And, and Marcus, you know, Marcus has been competitive at every race, right? And he's been on the podium. He's been doing a great job. But he's very really had that hangover from the 500. Really? Yeah, no, there, no Indy 500 hangover at all. And um, I, I, I like what he's got going. I mean, right now, he's a sneaky championship favorite for sure. I mean, he's, he's the guy who's putting in consistent finishes every weekend. You know, not crashing the car, not throwing it off, not making any bad decisions. Even if they qualify, you know, 13th like he did or wherever in, in mid-Ohio, the guy has a great run. Um, so, you know, Ganassi knows how to win championships and I think he's, you know, I, it's going to be really interesting come two, three races left to go to see what, you know, see, see if that continues. Yeah, we got, uh, let's do the standings, the weekly standings here. As we sit, like you said, Marcus Erickson still leading the way. Will power behind him. Joseph Newgarden third, Alex below five, pedal award fifth, Scott Dixon, six, Scotty McLaughlin, seven, Alexander Rossi, eight, Simon Padgett, nine, Colton Herta rounding out the top 10. Then you go Rosenquist, VK, and Connor Daly for your top 13 there in the championship standings. Um, so a lot of good Hennessy, a lot of Pinsky, kind of as expected there in the top five, the top 10. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're officially past the halfway point. We're down the back nine of the 2022 uh, IndyCar season. It's as sad as it is to say, as shocking as it is to say, but Erickson with that 20-point lead uh, over Will Power as we head to Toronto here in a couple weeks. Yeah, and it's, you know, the, the one thing that as well I, I, I have to get into after seeing it today is like, you know, we talk about how great of a race it was. We talk about how, um, you know, how there was a lot of emotion, how there was, uh, you know, team-to-team contact, great racing, you know, banging wheels, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and, and no one watched the race. And like, it was just, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, we, we, look at, we look at the, we look at the ratings from the weekend again and, you know, NASCAR being on USA Network, right? That was a big question. You know, was it down from when they were on NBC? Yes. But they still got like almost 2 million people to watch on USA Network. And we only got like 300,000 people on USA Network, right? And then we're on Network NBC up against Formula One, which, you know, the British Grand Prix, I don't even know what time it was on. I didn't watch it. I was busy doing my, doing work. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't on super in the morning, super early in the morning. So it was a good time to watch. But, you know, they're on ESPN too. And, you know, again, they, 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 they killed us. So I, I just, I don't know, you know, how we fix this problem. I, I don't, I don't have the answer to it, right? Like we've, we've talked about this several times, but it's not our product. I, I, it's, it's not a problem with the product, but I, I think someone needs to have a serious conversation now. I, I mean, we're on network NBC. There, there's, there, there's, it's not hard to find. It's, 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 it, people just have no idea. It, it just has to be that people literally just don't know that we're racing. And I don't know the answer to that problem, but you know, Formula One, they found a way to get people to watch in America. Is that a Netflix show? Yes. Obviously, we can't necessarily do that now. But what what is the what is the best idea? I mean, because because clearly we we have an issue and we have to fix it because we don't have a bad product. We are putting on a great show. Anyone who complains about the fact that there are commercials that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because it's not the problem. It's it's not commercials are not what's going to stop you from turning on 
an IndyCar race. So what is there's it? A lot of, there's a lot of split screen side by side on Sunday too. Exactly. Whenever you're on, whenever you're on the big screen, whenever you're on Big Bird, because um, at our campsite we had the we had the feed, even though you know obviously it was like a lot delayed from what we were watching on the track, but we had it there as a reference point and everything. And a lot of those times, I mean, even when it, there were ads up, commercials up, it was you know split screen, side by side action where you're still watching. Um, yeah, man. I mean, from Adam Stern. He released it two hours ago. Motorsport on Sunday, one NASCAR USA Network, 1.15 rating, which is 1.9 million viewers. F1 was two with a 0.64 on ESPN2. That's 1.239 million viewers. And then third, IndyCar uh, on NBC, 0.57, 877,000 viewers. F1 had the most viewers in the 18 to 49 category with 643,000. Yeah, I mean, straight facts from Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I, 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 w- I wish I had an answer and it, but it just, it just makes me angry almost because like we go out there and like, we, we put on a great show. I think we have, we have like our, our NBC team, I think is great as well. Like I, I love the guys that are up there doing the work and, and broadcasting the race. We don't have an issue with people. I saw, so, so it's just, it's just mind blowing to me that people don't watch. Like I, I, it's gotta be a question of just awareness. Like I I still think it's just an awareness issue. And I I really hope that, you know, at some point somewhere there's just, there's a conversation that's had because look, there's been so much positive stuff happened this year. And and we, we love that. And I think all the drivers in IndyCar bust their butts, putting it out there on the internet that we're going racing, we're on television we're on a channel that you're definitely going to be able to find. And we like, we just, we, we can't, we can't lose on, on weekends that were, you know, on network NBC. Like, obviously it's, it's great to have that extra viewership because we're on network NBC, but what happens when we're on only on Peacock, you know, in, 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 in Toronto, right? Like that's we just, like, great. that's obviously going to be tough, but what happens when we go back to USA or like what happened? Like, we just, like, we just have to have people that know because the people that, support nascar obviously nascar has a larger fan base than us we just we know that and formula one is a world championship we know that but it's still motorsport you know what i mean and i'm like i I just i don't i i would love for there to be some more research done or some sort of you know forensics team to come in and be like all right why don't what's going on here why like why is it is it pure advertising is it uh i I don't know is is it a is it a is it a network thing is it like hey Cause I see NBC commercials all the time, which is great. Like I watched the NASCAR stuff. They help push IndyCar. Like it was, it was great to see that. So what is it? Is it, is it targeted social media ads? Is it, is it something, I don't know. Is it just content in general? Like I, I don't have the answer, but I, I want to talk about it and I want to, I want to put it out there because we want this series to continue to be successful and we don't want to fall to number three now in America to Formula One and NASCAR. It, it's it's just, it's tough because we've never really had to worry about Formula One in America, but we do now. And it's, 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 it's there. They're outscoring us when they don't even race on the same side of the planet as we are. And I don't know. It, it's just something that, that I, I truly believe is, is, uh, is tough to uh, read that type of news because I love IndyCar. And, you know, I had, we had people, we had a ton of, I thought the crowd was awesome at mid Ohio, right? Joe, you were there. You know, I, I, 
I had Boston Scott, the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles out there. That was his first race ever. He had an incredible time. You know, pe- people love being there for the race. That there was, there's an incredible, we have incredible fans. It's, it's awesome. Like we have great attendance, but who, why are we not watching it? You know what I mean? Like what, what's going on? So I, I, I don't know. I, I see so many people have great experiences at IndyCar races and I love it. And I just, I just, I just wonder what it takes to get it to that next level. This question probably will very likely sound pretty dumb, but do you think that just the, the straight up name of the series itself is too niche? Do you think that people just see that, hear that, and it automatically just kind of turns them off or doesn't engage their interest because it just seems so in its own little niche corner category? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It's always, it's always been that way, really. And even, you know, even if there was, even if it was cart back in the day or whatever it was, you know, that would have been harder to understand, I think, than, than, yeah. than you know, than what it is now, um, you know, the championship auto racing teams or whatever it was, cart and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's not a name thing, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just something that, you know, we're obviously very passionate about because, you know, you're not, you know, you're, you're an IndyCar supporter. We're all IndyCar supporters here. We like, we like it. I like all motor racing. I watch all motor racing, but I wish, I, I just wish there was more of a mesh, a mesh between all those folks that are, you know, like what were the extra, you know, Formula One got 1.2 million viewers or whatever it was. So where are those extra, just, it's a smaller number. Where's that extra 400,000, right? Like, why are we not like going to be like, Hey, that Formula One, like honestly, Formula One race was great. Like it, usually they're very boring, but it was a great race. And, but like, where are those people, like, why are those people then not like, all right, yeah. IndyCar is up next. Boom. Can't wait to watch it. You know what I mean? I just, I wish people were more open-minded. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I did uh, an interview with Pato Award in the month of May for Drivers Eating Donuts season two, he was very dead set and passionate about IndyCar needing to get to Mexico, needing to cross the border, um, put on an event, like you said, that they do so well. They do so well. You're going to have great attendance. You have great attendance at Mid-Ohio, great attendance at Indy. You're going to have great attendance at Iowa. Maybe that's where it is. You know, you, you have a race in Mexico and you get your extra 300,000, 400,000 new fans, um, you know, that then, that then spread the word. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like it makes sense. I, I just don't know what it takes to get to there. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I still think that we need more races, right? And like, absolutely, we should be going to anyone who pays us to be there, right? Like if there was a race in Abu Dhabi and they wanted to pay us a ton of money to go race out there, yep, we got to say yes. You know what I mean? Uh, if, you know, if Argentina, there people have talked about there being a race in Argentina. If they, you know, if they can make that happen to where it's a solid event, where it's it's safe, it's it's good, it's 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 part of the championship. Even if it's not part of the championship, like if it's an exhibition race, whatever it is, uh, Mexico I think would be huge, uh, absolutely, because Pato is such a great representative for them, and people love racing all over the world. So I don't I don't necessarily know if that fixes our TV ratings problem, but I, I do agree. The more people that know, the better, and it, it, it's one of those questions that we're going to be looking at all the time. But it's just, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I just, I, I, and I don't know if talking about it, you know, helps 
or, or, you know, I, I hope that it, you know, maybe, maybe at some point there is a, you know, a, 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 a massive effort to be like, all right, we're going to fix this. What, 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 what is, I don't know what that step is. It's going to be very hard, but I'm willing to help. So if, if anyone, if anyone, if, if we can fix it, I'm willing to help. So right. who, who knows yeah. what I'm and, and I mean, we got guys like you that are posting about it. We got guys that have big followings, people, you know, people that, that, that have a ton of followers on the internet are out there and posting and, and enjoying it. You know, everyone that's been to the Indy 500 enjoys it. So there, there's still something that just has to move the needle. And, and I don't know what that's going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. I echo what you said. I mean, we both obviously very passionate about it. That much is clear. We love it. It, it it's, it's got to be that grassroots type of approach, I think, where, I mean, look at, take the Joseph Newgarden model, right? Joseph Newgarden, Nashville kid, Tennessee kid, pushes for a race, pushes for a race. You get a race there in Nashville. It's one of the best events that you have all year, one of the best viewed races that you have all year. Take these guys that are stars of the series, that are faces of the series, and I feel like go to where they're from, right? I mean, you have Joseph Newgarden, Nashville, boom. Paddle Award, Mexico, boom. Uh, you know, I mean, like, what about Elio Castroneves and Tony Canon, two of the longest-running faces in the series? You know, Brazil, right? They, they, they race. They have the Olympics in Brazil, right? I mean, like, I feel like you go there, go where there's that representation. I mean, obviously, you're an indie guy. You already have the Indy 500 built in. Bada-boom. That's no problem. You go to these places to where these stars, these faces of the series are, and then that is kind of like a grassroots approach of wherever – wherever you know that race is located whether it be in brazil whether it be in mexico whether it be uh you know we have a lot of we have a lot of uh, australians and blokes and, and all that that you go out there i mean i feel like from my experience what i one of the things that i bring and what i've always talked about to this podcast is that i am a a, a spot-on um example a real life example of somebody who didn't grow up with this who wasn't that familiar with motorsport who got himself into it via going to these events, then all of a sudden realizing how cool it was falling in love with it. And then from that point on, you're hooked and it becomes a part of your life that you want to watch. Like you said, with Boston Scott, like you said, I had a kid that was camping with us this weekend. He had never even hardly heard of IndyCar. He comes to the race. He comes camping with us. He finds out that Joseph Newgarden's from Tennessee. He's a Tennessee guy, this kid I'm talking about. All of a sudden, he's buying Joseph Newgarden gear, and now he's blown us up, asking all sorts of questions, wanting to be more involved with IndyCar. You know, it's those, it's those, it's those grassroots, it's those firsthand experiences to where you go, you're a part of it, you see it, you feel it, you connect with the driver, and then all of a sudden, now I want to watch this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like that's got to be the best approach to it, whether it's worldwide, whether you're going to those different markets. Um, but it can be done. It, it, it can be done because I'm living proof every single day, every week that we have this show, every race that there's a full race weekend, and I'm up at 945 with Lee Diffie watching practice on a Friday morning. I wasn't doing that six years ago, but I'm doing it now. So it can be done. Yeah, no. And, and, and you're a young man, right? Like you're like, it's not like you're, you know, you're the demographic for sure that we're, you know, we're aiming for, we need to get, uh, you know, you're connected with the youth, right? We're, we're, we're trying to, we're, you know, we're essentially, we both are. Um, and yeah, we're still in there. 18 to 40. And you know what? 
you, you got a kid coming too, and, and we hope he's going to be an IndyCar fan too. You know what I mean? So at least we got another one coming, coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> we got another viewer to attach to our ratings for sure. <laughs> right, man. That, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like if anybody out there is giving our podcast a try, if anybody out there is watching this on YouTube, if anybody's following us who follows me, that's all I'll say. I'll beat it. I'll, I'll keep beating it until it's just dead six feet under into the ground, 12 feet under into the ground. I'm telling you, if it's in your market, if it's in your town, if you're from Iowa, if you're from, uh, you know, Toronto, Nashville, whatever it is, go out there, be a part of it, mingle with the drivers on the paddock, see them out there, see the cars go by, hear the cars go by, feel the cars go by and, and, and you'll fall in love and you'll, and you'll be right there with us and we'll keep growing the street. So that's what we're going to keep doing. Man. That's what's part of why this podcast is happening is because you got two guys like me and Connor who are uh, younger, who seem to be pretty cool still, who enjoy to do all the things that 25-year-old young men and women like to do. And uh, IndyCar is a huge part of our life. So we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep banging that drum. Uh, all right. I know from IndyCar, there were more fireworks that we got to get to in the NASCAR world. Up at Road America, the Xfinity Series race, and it's not actually, there is a tie there with IndyCar because our guy Sage Karam is up there running the Xfinity Series. Yep. And boy, did, did he find himself in a tough spot on Saturday at Road America. Yeah. Well, Gregson, who is a friend of the show, who is one of our first guests on this show, uh, finds himself causing some real fireworks in a scene there with the Sage Karam and the rest of the field. You talked to Noah Gregson recently, Connor. Give us some insight on what went down there. Yeah, Noah, obviously a friend of the show, right? He's been on this show before. Um, and, and Sage Karam, Sa Sage is a guy who uh, used to hate my guts. Uh, but we have become very good friends over the last few years. Um, he's an incredible dude uh, who, I, and I, who I think is extremely talented. Um, and, you know, ha has got a shot in the Xfinity series, which I think he deserves. He's worked hard to, to put that together. Um, and yeah, I, I did speak to Noah on the phone yesterday. Uh, oddly enough, it was about a, a hilarious other situation that we, that we were talking about, but I, I had to say to him at the end of our phone conversation, I literally said to him, I said, Hey man, that was really bad. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, Look, here's the thing. Every driver is right, right? Like we've said that many times on this podcast, like no matter what, in our own minds, we're right as drivers. And and I get it, right? In, in NASCAR, there's a lot more rub in his race. You know what I mean? There's a lot more. And, you know, Noah had explained to me how, you know, Sage might have gotten into him a couple times. And that's, but that, that I feel like that's, that's to be expected in that racing. You know what I mean? Everyone is hitting everyone at all times. There's a lot of door rubbing. And... But but you just but but if Sage was right, you, you can't overreact like that. You, you you can't. You have to control yourself because that. I mean, what Noah did was a malicious like it was a malicious accident. That not only and and again, a lot of these smaller teams in Xfinity are, are going race to race. That like determining you know to keep their cars in one piece because they got to use them the next weekend. And you know they're not as big of a team as JRM like with 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 Noah who they have, you know, plenty of spare cars and, and they've got stuff that they can go to. Um, but, but, and, and the thing with Noah is as well, I know I say, Sage said a lot of stuff about Noah, obviously. And, 
but, but in the end, like Noah is successful. Like Noah is a race winner. Noah is, you know, fighting at the front of the field. So if he was a guy who wasn't winning races, it would be, I think you'd see a lot more people that would be like, all right, get this guy out of here. But like the guy is successful. He's, he's clearly talented, but, but that was definitely like, in, in my opinion, for sure. That's, that's, that's too much that, that has to be. And, and I saw today that there's probably going to be a penalty from NASCAR, which I do think is, you know, is necessary. And like Noah's a friend and Sage is a friend. So, you know, I, I, I talked to, you know, I, I talked to both of those guys, right. Which is kind of weird, you know, to have this show, having to talk to both of them, you know, I, I still like both of the guys, but I, I hate to see that for Sage because I know that again, he's not a full-time guy. He's, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to have that the, 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 the success in one or two races in a row or however many races he's got in the season um, and, and I hated to see that. And I hated to see it for all the other people that got their races ruined too. You know, I had a lot of other people that I knew in that wreck also. So, I mean, it was essentially the whole field and it's yeah. just, I, you know, and again, maybe that's what everyone likes to see, but like, you just, that was too much. That was just like, all right, that's, you know, you see that. And that's just essentially like road rage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our, our boss here at Dirty Mom Media, uh, Dale Jr., he, he said this morning on uh, NASCAR radio on Sirius XM, quote, he needs to take that out of his toolbox. We can't be intentionally turning into guys on the straightaway. So that's from yes. Dale Jr. Jesus right there. Ben, did you have the quotes from, uh, from those guys? I do. So I'll from start with the Noah the one. Yeah, yeah. So Noah basically said in his interview on NBC that, uh, he eventually got sick and tired of it. Hate that stuff got torn up, but three times is ridiculous. And then Sage said he walks around like he's the big man on campus and he does stuff like that. And it's totally dangerous and unnecessary. Connor, my question for you, I guess, is maybe from Noah's perspective, do you feel like it's this part-time guy coming into the series, coming over from IndyCar, completely foreign, coming in, like racing people, how everybody else races them. And do you think he maybe kind of felt like, who's this guy? Who do you think he is? Maybe that's why he had that big retaliation. Or do you think that was just him having road rage? I don't know, man. Cause I, I actually compare it to a Santino Ferrucci type situation, right? Santino Ferrucci comes into the Indy 500. The guy's quick, right? But if he's hitting people and like, like hit me and, you know, doing stuff like that, you know, it does make you more frustrated because it's, it's someone that's outside of your environment. It's outside of your, um, you know, your normal group and they're doing stuff that I, I feel like it's, 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 it's not respecting the field, right. Or, or respecting the, 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 the series. And, you know, Noah's obviously at the front, probably almost every weekend. And if there's a new guy there and you, you yeah, I assume there's an attitude of like, yeah, let's put him in his place. But like, you, you can't do that. There's always going to be those guys that are going to come into that series there's talented drivers all over the world, you know, and that, you know, a lot of guys looking for that shot that, you know, that Sage has with a smaller team and Tommy Joe Martin's a great guy. I like Tommy Joe as well. Like that team is obviously small and, and new and they're, you know, they're looking for, you know, they had one of their most successful qualifyings ever. Uh, and they're, you know, they're trying to get results that, that get them onto, you know, a bigger stage as well. And so, yeah, you, you just, it, it's something that like, it just makes you feel like, ugh, like just not, it's just not good. It doesn't make me feel good. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the type of race that makes me like, I'm excited about that. I'm just like, oh, I hate it for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Jeff, I don't, Ben, I don't know if you have this, but Jeff Glock, he, an hour ago, right when we started recording, 
uh, from Sirius XM NASCAR again. Noah Gregson says, quote, he made a mistake at wrecking Sage Karam because there's a bigger picture to focus on and he's going to do everything he can to not repeat that mistake. Gregson says, quote, there's most definitely going to be a penalty, obviously, and says the news will be released in the next couple of hours. Gregson hints at a points penalty because he says he needs to go do well at Atlanta and, quote, get some of the points back. So I haven't seen anything updated there exactly uh, on, on that penalty. I haven't seen anything yet, but probably by the time that we're done recording here on Wednesday afternoon, it'll probably be out there. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the big thing for Noah here, for sure, is how do you how do you come back from this, right? Like, how do you rebound if you're in a situation like that again? Do you are, are you in control? I think I think people will really respect Noah if he's like, hey, you know what? I am going to fix this. I am going to race, still race people hard, still maybe move some people out of the way because that is NASCAR, but you know, be less malicious with it. You know, th- th- then I, I think people will respect that because. Noah for sure has a future in the, at the cup level, without a doubt. I mean, the guy, the guy is talented. Um, he he's won, you know, he's won in everything almost he's, he's done, he's done such a good job. So, you know, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I, I'm just curious to see how we, you know, how he keeps going from this and, and, and yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know, soon enough, obviously. Obviously this isn't the first time for them uh, with Noah being overly aggressive and Dale talked about it maybe probably three or four months ago, maybe a little more than that about him needing to tone it down. So, I mean, you have another incident like this. I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if he's going to stick to it this time, but he kind of feels like it's kind of like, this is how he needs to run to go and win. And he's got to be this aggressive. So I don't know if he'll be uh, changing up. I'm interested to see. I kind of feel like he like feels like it's like part of his brand, you know, like I, I feel like it's almost like, <laughs> Uh, it's almost like try hard in a way a little bit, you know, it's like, okay, I got to be this like NASCAR driver and I got to be bumping and running and getting aggressive. And it's just like, all right, man, you know, Uh, that's just kind of as an outsider, how it comes off to me, but. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it and you, you, you definitely, you definitely know there's been meetings about it, right? There, there, it's, it's not going to be ignored. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, he, he's, he's with a, a very, you know, a powerful organization, a, a big team, you know, with, with big sponsors. And so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but I mean, I'm, I'm very curious, like for me, I'm very curious to see the, the next race, right? Like, I'm like, all right, now I'm, you know, now I'm invested. It's kind of like if I wasn't participating in the IndyCar races and I was watching, I'd be like, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next weekend with Andretti Autosport. You know what I mean? So it's that type of emotion that gets people talking, you know, we're talking about it. Um, you know, we didn't even get to the, you know, the race, you know, the race win was awesome by Ty Gibbs. Anyway, he, he fought off Kyle Larson. Like it was a great race in general. Uh, even the cup race, you know, we get to that real quick as well. Like Tyler Reddick, awesome win for him. I love seeing first time winners for me. That's, that's awesome because uh, I want to be a first time winner in IndyCar here very soon, but uh, it's, it's like, it was just cool to see because Tyler Reddick's been very, very close to wins before. Very, very close. And he put on a show. I mean, he absolutely drove the wheels off that sucker and, you know, fought off Chase Elliott at the end. And Chase wasn't even close to him at the end. So, pretty yep. cool. I, I've definitely, you know, I, 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 I thought Tyler was going to win several races this year, and he's been very close. But it's definitely great to get that first one under his belt. And, um, you know, I'm happy for him. I, I don't know Tyler, but, like, I'm, I'm definitely very happy for him. Yeah, uh, he he uh, he's one of 
five first-time winners here in 2022 in the NASCAR Cup Series. So I tweeted on Sunday. I'm like, you know, you look at IndyCar. You have nine different pole sitters in the first nine races, six different winners. NASCAR, you have five first-time winners in 2022. It's just a great time to be a fan of, of motorsport, man. It really is. So Ty Reddick gets it done. Ty Gibbs gets it done in the Xfinity Series, not the Cup race. My, my apologies from the beginning of the show. Like I said, I had an Ohio brain going on there. Um, and real quick, too, Connor, I know with the F1 race, we are talking about the ratings, but, I mean, a really, really scary incident that thankfully ended up being way better than, 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 than what, it, what it could have been right there on lap one of the F1 race in, in Great Britain. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, if you haven't watched that accident yet, uh, just Google British Grand Prix first lap accident. Like, it, it was – it was crazy to see. Um, and it's one of those things that I think it's, it, it was a very much an open wheel accident, right? If we, if our wheels get tangled up at all, if, if, if things, you know, go wrong, you know, it's, it's very, very quick to, you know, to, to go extremely bad. And, and that, but that was just something that I, I've never really seen before. Cause the car, you know, when, when his car went off upside down, right. You're, you're totally reliant on the roll hoop and obviously the halo as well. Um, and you know, when that car flipped into the gravel and then up over the tire barrier and wedged itself between basically a fence and the back of the tire wall, I mean, that was something I've never seen before. And the photographs too, I mean, are like award worthy photographs, like insane photos of old buddy zoo flying on his head, essentially with sparks flying. And literally it looked like he was trapped in between a, he's just in a crevice. Right. And for me, when I look at that, I was like, that's my ultimate nightmare. Like, like being trapped in a race car, I think is probably the worst nightmare. And I mean, it, it, but, it, and it's also think like it's a one in a million type situation, like racing, you can prepare for so many things safety wise, you know, you build, you build halos, you build roll hoops, you build tire walls, you build safer barriers and everything like that. But like, there's always something that, you're just surprised by it, right? So now they're going to be like, well, shoot, do we need to, maybe we can't have that gap there now between the right. fence because someone could somehow fling a race car and end up being in there. You know what I mean? So, nope. and, and even that grandstand, right? Like that grandstand is so far from turn one because I've, I've raced at Silverstone. I, I know I, I've seen that. And even those fans got, you know, some debris up, up in the, yeah. you know, up, up there, which is, which is crazy. And some of the fan videos too were absolutely wild, um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was great to see. I mean, obviously, the safety of, of racing right now is at a very high level, and obviously he's fine, and all the guys were all right after that accident. Um, but yeah, just just a crazy way to start. And again, maybe that helps the ratings. I don't know, like maybe a crazy accident on on lap one, boom, everyone's tuning in all of a sudden because that blew up the internet real quick. And yeah. sometimes you just got to flip it on for, for the, the TV to see what's going on. And the rest of that race was great, too. Like, Carlos Sainz, good buddy of mine, getting his first, first F1 win. Um, I'm looking at his helmet over here on my, on my, on my uh, stand in the house. He's, uh, he's a great dude, always been a, a good friend of mine. Um, doesn't respond to as many text messages now that he's really famous, but uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. We were friends back in the OG days of, 2011, 2012, 2000. You always have that. You always have that, baby. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Lewis Hamilton had a great race, you know, the great battles. So it was, it was a great weekend overall of racing. I mean, for 4th of July, obviously people are outside doing a lot of activities, but 
if you happen to catch racing too, it was a great weekend. And we, we didn't even talk about SRX too. Like there was SRX racing. I missed out on, I missed out on the Saturday night SRX broadcast. I wasn't, uh, wasn't available because of my day job. Um, but I watched uh, it. Huh? I watched it. We had a nice projector out there at the campground at uh, mid Ohio. Shout out to the nice. golf setting that up. Um, yeah, man, I thought our guy Marco had it. Um, he was pole. He was really, you know, slinging it around out there, fighting people off the whole time. Uh, but then just about, I think six, five or six laps left to go. Ryan Newman, you know, put together a nice run on him, held him off. And, uh, it was good. It was cool to see Ryan Newman win. His family seemed very happy and it was a cool moment, but, uh, obviously wish Marco could have, could have gotten it done, but I already saw our, our boy PT posting the how Al, yeah, uh, Elio's back at Nashville. Be sure to tune in. He's already – hes I mean, that's all he's going to do the whole race. He's not even there to, 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 to win. He's there to take out Elio. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, like, uh, great podium. Like, what a wildly diverse and interesting – but you had Ryan Newman, Marco Andretti, and Paul Tracy on the podium at SRX. Like, what a crazy, crazy result. And honestly, Paul, very, very – like, that's impressive for Paul. Like, great run for him. He was a tough, you know, really good bounce back for him. Uh, and honestly, Marco, I think, has been doing such a great job this season in general. Like he was very, very fast in you know the race in the in the last race, and then follows it up with a second place. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend in Nashville, he's he's right on the pace as well. I mean, he wants to win that championship. He desperately desperately wants to win that championship. I think it's it's something that he's really passionate about, and uh, and it was cool to see. So I'll be back in the booth again this weekend in Nashville. Um, we test tomorrow if it doesn't rain in Iowa. So we'll be on track with Andretti Autosport, the full Andretti Autosport team. Uh, there'll be seven of us testing tomorrow at Iowa or Friday if it rains tomorrow. Uh, and then, yeah, I head to Nashville for, um, for some SRX racing. And we got Joseph Newgarden in the SRX race this weekend too. Very curious to see how Joseph Newgarden does. It's not often we get to see Joseph race something outside of an IndyCar. Not often at all. Nope. And so I'm very excited to see what Joseph's got for these SRX, uh, SRX competitors. Yeah. So this weekend, I mean, you got IndyCar taking over SRX again. You got Connor on the call, Elio, Joseph Newgarden, of course, Marco with the background in IndyCar as well. Uh, so it's going to be a great time, man. I, I cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait to see what Joe does and uh, have Connor back out there on the booth. A lot of IndyCar influx and SRX. Uh, all right. You want to get to some listener questions here real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Let's answer the answer the people's questions. All right. Um, okay. Tom Hoffer obviously wants to know thoughts on Xfinity Race and Sage Karam. Already covered that. Uh, from Zach Dean, was the racing as intense as it seemed on TV? This looked like the craziest mid-Ohio race in years. Yeah, I mean, it, it was intense. It, it was a good race. Um, I mean, I even saw there were several – Actually, I, I think IndyCar posted it just today or yesterday, but right in front of me, you had Christian Lungard and Simon Pagino going after it. And trust me, I really wanted to get to Simon. Um, but uh, but Christian, Christian and him banged wheels a little bit right in front of me and Graham. Um, and there was a lot, there was a lot of contact. I saw a lot of people, you know, rubbing, hitting wheels a little bit. Um, and and yeah, but but that's kind of where we're at right now. We got we got to fight for every position. Um, it's, it's incredibly competitive right now. They're out there in the streets. And, uh, and so, yeah, you got to have your elbows out without a doubt. 
I saw Sato even hit me on the last restart <laughs> and no one yeah. ever saw it, but Sato drove right in the back of me and to turn two on the, after the, like after the last restart. And, uh, and that was not great, but I uh, had to pull a bit of a gap on him to defend. And, and thankfully we did. From AJ Digby, should mid Ohio go back to 85 or 90 laps? Does 80 feel as short as it feels from the outside? Well, honestly, that race is physically really tough. Um, and so 80 feels much better for us as drivers. But the strategy side certainly changes when you go to 80 laps. It becomes an easy two-stop race. Um, and three stops becomes, uh, well, obviously three stops was a successful strategy for the weekend. Obviously you saw Graham, Lundgaard, and, uh, and Will Power take advantage of that. Um, but no, you know, if, if you were to have a full green race, three stops just is not successful. So if you move it to 90, three stops becomes an option and two stops becomes quite an aggressive fuel save, but you never know you can make it work with, with, with yellows. So very curious to see my, my preference is 80 still, because obviously with the way the yellows fell, there was still a strategic difference. Sadly, the strategic difference didn't work out for us, but, um, but it, it still can be interesting. From Andrew Mandel, does Rossi end the season with Andretti or do they move him and drop Kirkwood in? Seems like he's done playing nice. Great for TV, bad for the poor PR reps. Keep up the great work, gents. Great pod. Appreciate that, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, he's staying, right? I mean, he, he's not going anywhere. His contract's got to play out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's that stuff doesn't happen in IndyCar. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, and, and if they try to do something like that, it would be very not good for everyone. So, uh, it, you know, this, this is part of racing. Sometimes that happens. Um, you know, yeah, you talk world, about poor PR reps, they'd be real poor if they did a move like that. And they really yeah, and, and someone would get sued, I'm sure. So that, that's no one wants that. Uh, from Ryan Reynolds, checking his profile picture, not the actor. Um, he's wearing an Alexander Rossi shirt. Uh, still spelled the same way, though. How different does the sim rig feel from the actual car? What kind of adjustment period is there when you get to the track and do it for real after practicing on the sim? Well, the sim is important, and there are definitely a few things that we did find from our sim work that that worked for us this weekend uh, or over the last weekend. So um, it, it is different. Real life is always different. Um, you're never going to be able to simulate, at least probably in the next 20, 30 years, what, you know, what we feel in the real car. Um but we are able to do, you know, get accurate reads on some changes for the car. So we're going to continue to, you know, be in the sim as much as possible. We got a lot of days coming up over the next few weeks, even though we're racing pretty much every weekend once we uh, once we have this weekend off, and uh, and it'll be busy for sure. A lot of accident talk here on this week, rightfully so. Taylor Salmos wants to know, Connor, what's the worst accident you've had in your career, and why was it the worst? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I like there's there's been a couple accidents that I've been involved in, thankfully not in a long time. Um, but the Texas crash was was pretty wild uh, two years ago or whatever it was now. Yeah, two years ago, I think. Or maybe that was last year. I don't even remember. But uh, flipping at Texas wasn't fun. Um, but also, I still think one of the worst experiences for me was wrecking with Joseph when I was a rookie at Texas. Uh, and that like when Joseph broke his collarbone in his hand, only because like I was in the med center, like getting evaluated, like I was in a lot of pain too, but like the guy, he, poor guy, like one of my best friends, you know, had a bunch of like broken bones right in front of me. And I was like, Oh man, that's like, that was, that was horrible just to see because he's a friend. Um, so yeah, that was probably the worst one, Texas 2016. 
and that was also painful. But Joseph really, the odd part about that crash is like, if Joseph wasn't there, I probably would have broke my legs because I was going to hit the wall, wall super hard. And Joseph kind of was there to me for me to hit instead. So I guess I traded the broken bones with him. I don't know. But either way, it just wasn't good. Yeah, people don't think about that. You know, when you talk about worst crashes, everybody just thinks of themselves. But that's a great point. A lot, a lot of these times when you're crashing, unfortunately, there's there's other dudes around you that uh, can sometimes reap the worst uh, of what you sow there. Uh, last, last one here from Dave Love 50. And we talked about this a little bit, but in your career, have you ever been involved in a team fight as nasty as Andretti's? If yes, without naming names, or hell, name them. Can you tell a story? Yeah, I mean, honestly, not not too many stories. I mean, obviously, the deal with Marco and I in, um, in, in Laguna Seca in 2019, but that wasn't a, a big drama. That really just didn't work out for me. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like when I, you know, when I was a rookie, um, you know, with, with Dale Coyne, uh, you know, I, I had like a bunch of different teammates, Luca Filippi, R.C. Enerson, Gabby Chavez. And, you know, all of us are pretty much on the same page. Uh, you just always want to beat your teammate. And then, you know, for, with Foyt in 2017, you know, Carlos Munoz and I, you know, I, I, we, we got along pretty well. We never really had any issues with each other. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, since then, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty easy to work with, I think. So <laughs> I always I always definitely respect my teammate. And uh, or teammates, if there are more, um, because I think it's just part of the game. Yeah, definitely. Track record has proven that, my brother. Uh, all right, that's it. Appreciate you guys' questions as always. Uh, you want to get into our Ricky Treadway Random 500 driver? Yes, yes, we got one teed up here. Um, Ricky Treadway, Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 driver of the week. Uh, we went, we went real old once again. We went to the 1949. International 500, the Indy 500, um, 1949 Indy 500, which is won by someone who I've actually never, like, I guess the winner could have been uh, a random Indy 500 driver of the week because I, I did not know, I didn't, I didn't know Bill Holland. I don't, I don't know much about Bill Holland. He won the race, but now we know him. Uh, but uh, the random Indy 500 driver of the week is a man who looks like he paved the way, a, a, uh, a pioneer for the number 69 machine. Uh, drove the number 69, Bayless Leverett. Bayless Leverett was a pioneer for the number 69 machine. I don't know if it was thought of in the same fashion as we think of it now as youths, but <laughs> Bayless Leverett finished, uh, well, where did he finish? He didn't finish very well. <laughs> but Bayless Leverett had two, two Indy 500 starts, finished uh, – he had a drain plug issue, it looks like. Uh, finished 24th uh, after starting 29th. Um, but, uh, yes, he was uh, an American racing driver from Jacksonville, Florida. Died in Reno, Nevada at the age of 88 after a long battle with Alzheimer's. Um, but, yeah, Bayless Leverett. He was uh, two Indy 500s. That's about it. Drain and plug you know what helps with the drain plug issue? A plug? His number. <laughs> there you go. No drain plug issue. Just slap that number on there, brother. Uh, Bayless, yeah, he's a, he's a uh, Valentine's baby. February 14th, 1914. So 2-14-14 there for our guy. Uh, in 20, 2007, he was inducted into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. 
There you so go. not the uh, the best run for him in the Indy 500 with the two starts, but he's a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. So there it is, Bayless Lembrit. Number cool. number 69. 69, drain plug issue. All right, uh, yeah. that's Speed Street this week. IndyCar off this weekend, but remember, a lot of IndyCar influx in SRX. That's in Nashville, Saturday night primetime. Connor Daly on the call again. Um, although Willie T, Willie, Willie T was funny on Saturday. I, I got a few kicks out of him. Uh, enjoyed him on the call there with Alan. But excited for our guy to be back on there. Joseph Newgarden, Elio Castroneves, Paul Tracy, Marco Andretti. Going to be a lot of drama, a lot of fun down there. Uh, be sure to follow us wherever you get your platforms. Uh, give us a follow, a rating, a review. Let's keep growing this show like we talk about. Make it into a neighborhood. We're on YouTube as well. Now on the Dirty Mo Media channels. So you can watch us. Listen to us as well on the Dirty Mo Media channel, Speed Street Pod there. Um, and follow us on socials, at Twitter, at, on, on Instagram, at Speed Street Pod. Love interacting with you guys. Usually do listener questions for those of you who are new. Um, so it's a great way to interact with, with Connor, with me, with Ben, with us. Um, and so we just really appreciate it. So do all those things. Let's keep growing the show. IndyCar's off this weekend, and we'll be back next week to preview uh, going to Toronto for the first time in a couple of years, crossing the border there. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Speed Street. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.